0: Hello and welcome to Catholic Parents Online, a podcast where we share tips and resources on Catholic parenting. This is brought to you by the Theology of the Body parenting team of the Apostolate for Catholic Truth. Presented with the lens of the Theology of the Body, we will see how we can be a sincere gift of ourselves to our kids in ways that will help them find true happiness and flourish in accordance with God's wonderful plan for each and every one of them. My name is John Hui and I'm your host for this podcast. And since we are presenting parenting through the lens of the theology of the body, it would be good for us to explore a little bit more of the theology of the body. And uh, for that, we are very happy to have with us today, Mr. Andrew Kong. Andrew has been giving presentations on St. John Paul II's theology of the body in our archdiocese and surrounding regions for more than 10 years now. Uh, Magna cum laude, graduate of the Pontifical University of the Holy Cross in Rome, with a licentiate in Canon Law. He also holds a Bachelor of Law and a Bachelor of Science degree. Andrew is also a certification candidate of the Theology of the Body Institute in USA, and is a qualified facilitator of a new language program on the theology of the body. He's also a defender of the bond matrimonial for the archdiocese and Ecclesiastical Tribunal since February, 2014. And last but not least, he's also the president of the Apostolate for Catholic Truth. So welcome to the podcast, Andrew. Hello, hello, uh, friend. Okay. <laughs> forgot, about, forgot my name for a while there, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. You're not the only one. Okay. Uh, as long as my wife doesn't forget my name is fine. <laughs> okay. So, Andrew, you've been very passionate about the theology of the body or the TOB as we call it uh, in shorts, right? Um, what, and how did you come to know about the, the TOB, you know, when you started?
1: Well, uh, way back when I was working with Family Life Society. Uh, I know we looking through the internet, you know, I came across this term theology, the body, and Christopher West, and all these things. Uh, and I was I was also a presenter, a, t- a speaker for the uh, Family Life Society on human sexuality. So I thought it was very appropriate I should know more about what the church has to teach on this area of, of sexuality. And wow, you know, it was a great surprise that uh, it was, the uh, the amount of wealth and and uh, depth that this subject uh, leads one into understanding sexuality uh, in a deep, very deep biblical way, theological way, uh, really helped me to get my roots. And And there was an opportunity for me to listen to Christopher West, who has promoted the theology of the body very much in the West. And And uh, I was taken up by his talk and I bought all his cassettes. At that time, it were cassette tapes. So that mm. was just the beginning.
0: And CDs as well, I think, right?
1: Yes, at that time was the CDs and cassettes, uh, and then later on, you know, the, the CDs came later. Actually, at that time was two cassettes. Was something like uh, you know twenty years back.
0: Yeah. So, Andrew, uh, you're mentioning something about the T.O.B. and uh, sexual desire and sex and so on. Um, is the T.O.B. all or just about sex and sexual desire? Oh, well, it's a
1: lot more. It's a whole world of. Uh, knowledge of, of philosophy you know it's a whole paradigm and uh, I like to think of it how the Pope uh, Pope Saint John Paul II himself described it uh, he, he called for the new evangelization you can ask what does evangelization involve but it's not just uh, some some creed or some statement it's a whole worldview your, your view of the life the values the whole system the whole gospel message now, the new evangelization, which coined by Pope and John Paul II, has three characteristics he, uh, he mentioned. yes, they have a new ardor, a, a, new, a new expression, a new method. And I, I think uh, he was alluding to the theology of the body. You know, it's a completely new way of evangelizing, of reaching out with the gospel. And of course, it includes sexual morality. It also includes uh, a deeper understanding of the sacraments and the liturgy and and a whole uh, Christological uh, understanding of our faith. And and so that's why uh, the Pope did summarize theology of the body, understanding this area of knowledge is useful, he says, for man's self-understanding, for his own uh, understanding of his being in the world, in the whole cosmos. And it is it, it, the whole mission of Christ. Everything Christ wants to communicate to us. Yeah, It is taken up in his theology, the body. So yeah. it's very wide and encompassing. So I find it very attractive.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. In fact, um, I heard it uh, from someone that it is uh, a beautiful teaching that helps us uh, understand who we are, whose we are, what we are destined for, and how we are to live our life in a way that will really help us get there with God's grace, right? So I, I thought yeah. that was a very good way of, uh, uh in a way, summarizing the, the whole purpose and the uh, uh, paradigm of uh, the TOB. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes, yeah, de- definitely, definitely. You know, and of course, I, I like the, what his approach. Uh, the big word we use is uh, phenomenology. You know, it's a very big word. But it's really a new way of gaining insight into no- and knowledge, you know, uh, apart from just uh, the scholastic way of, of, of reading words and all that. Now it is it, he's trying to say the words now become flesh. The knowledge is experiential and you can experience it. And that's, that's the attraction of it. And uh, it's, it's really uh, wonderful to be able to experience the gospel, to experience what is sin, to experience what Christ is trying to tell us and a little bit of experiences what the uh, whole uh, gospel message is about. What is evangelization? What is Redemption and redemption of the body, redemption from sin. And to, uh, to, to know that in an experiential way, sometimes beyond words, you know, and that, that is, uh, is really a keynote of the whole Christianity, the word becoming flesh. So the words we are learning in the books are now being enfleshed in our lives, are called to be enfleshed in our lives.
0: Yeah. You, you use the term phenomenology, right, just now. Yeah. Perhaps for the benefit of our listeners, would you like to um delve a little bit more into it? Uh, perhaps explain what the term really means. Yeah. Uh it comes from the word phenomenon, definitely, you no know, phenomenon
1: and, and, and uh an event that's happening that is real and before your eyes. You can observe it, but you can also experience that phenomenon. You know, and I like this example um, that I heard from Christopher West. You see, you you can hear the rain outside the building, but if, if you're all enclosed in the building, the windows are closed, and all you you, you might not even hear the rain. Someone tells you it's raining, so either you either believe it or you don't. You know, but if we say, "Come, let us walk into the rain, and let the water uh, soak into your 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 clothes, your flesh, your, everything you, and you feel the water dripping down your chin, you feel the chill of the of the cold water." Rain water running down your whole body, you are beginning to have an experience of the rain, you know. And the uh, awareness of, of the agreeing that yes, it is raining. Now you are experiencing experiencing the rain. Uh, there's a whole new way of appreciating truth, mm-hmm. of appreci- appreciating reality, and that to me is what phenomenology uh, attempts to do. We look at the phenomenon and we study theology part, study the subjective experience, one's experience of that phenomena, and, and we see that, uh, how does it affect your life? We, we, uh, let's give an example, of, a concrete example of conjugal intercourse. Okay, uh, now we may say yes, the traditional theology says that uh, sexual intercourse is, is for the good of the spouses and for the generation of, of procreation for children.
0: Yeah, it's very uh,
1: functional. It's very real. It's correct. You know, it's not wrong. It's scholastic. It's very uh, uh, to the point. It, 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 it looks at the situation and defines it. What is his purpose? What is his end? Now, phenomenology would say conjugal intercourse is one spouse giving himself or herself totally to the other spouse in an act of love. And it's just a total act of self-giving. I think far away from the minds of the spouses is we are doing this to have children and for your good and for my good. It is something too intellectual, too academic. We just do it because I want to give and want to receive you. I want to give you myself. I want to receive all of you into me and I'll give myself back to you. The phenomenon of this self-giving love, this is what makes the, uh, the conjugal act is what it is. Mm. That is con- and it builds communion of persons. Yeah. In that whole process, in the whole phenomenon, so that whole uh, uh, view, the way of viewing the conjugal act, uh, is no longer defined in terms of what is the intention of the spouses. These intentions, of course, are they are implicit, logically true, but they may be far from the mind of the actors, of the of both spouses.
0: You know. Yeah. So- true. True. I I would uh, agree with you certainly, and I think that um, in the past we used to. Uh, so called uh, learned church teachings, right? Uh, from, okay, this is what it is, and this is what you have to follow, all right? Don't ask why. Right? Yeah. Um, that's how I think uh, many of us were brought up with, you know. But yeah. I think um, in, in learning the theology of the body and experiencing the um, paradigm of phenomenology, we realize that the deepest yearnings of our heart, the deepest desires of our hearts, is not something that the church is trying to suppress or to repress, but something which actually corresponds very much to the objective truth of who we are as human persons made in image and likeness of God, right? And therefore, actually, it is not something which suppresses us, but rather redeems us and really brings us to an even greater level, to the heavenly height, so to speak, right? To really experience love as we are meant to experience, right? Uh, Bringing heaven on earth so that through this journey, we will be able to have a little, little glimmer of what the heavenly reality is, um, meant to be, in, rather, and also what we are really looking for in in our lives, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes. It, it, it gives us what is the end goal, what is the purpose of life, like you said, you know? What is the ultimate objective? Uh, and uh, to answer those you know, ultimate questions, we, we, you, you need to bring in the whole idea of God. is the ultimate purpose, and we say God is love, and so what is the ultimate purpose of love? We, we, uh, God is the lover. And he, we are his beloved. So the ultimate purpose of this whole uh, journey is that the lover and the beloved be together. And what do we say? And we live happily ever after. <laughs> you know, It's the slogan for all our love stories. And now I begin to understand where it came from. The whole theology of the body is built on this premise that uh, our body is made for love. And it's made to help us unite with uh, the the for the, the, our lover, you know. And, and of course, it, here's where a bit of theology comes in. You know, we know from from the catechism of the Catholic Church what is God. The secret of of what God, is, who God is, is that he's the eternal exchange of love: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The eternal father loving the son, giving himself giving, giving, to the son, and the son loving, receiving the love of the father, giving himself back to the father. And the exchange of self-giving love is the Holy Spirit, the love of the father and the son. Now, and part two of this secret or this mystery of God, he destined us, human beings, humankind, he destined us to share in this eternal exchange of love. So if we ask ourselves, how are we going to share in that exchange? I mean, God is Trinity all the way up there. We are just creatures down here. So what he did, he took flesh. He became one of us and he redeemed us. And he tells us about the gospel that we are meant to be church. Why? Because Christ is the bridegroom. He marries his bride, the church. And when bride and bridegroom marries, what do they do? They consummate. And when they consummate, what happens to the bride? It becomes the body of Christ. Now, when we become the body of Christ, now we have, we have found entry into the inner Trinitarian life. Because now we are a member of the second person of the Trinity, true Christ. And, and that, that, that's why it's, it's so beautiful that all our liturgical prayers are always addressed to the Father through Christ in the Spirit. Everything is through Christ. And that's why it's so important to understand this notion of the the liturgy and the the ecclesiology, the the sacraments, and how we have to be church and to be in union with the bridegroom.
0: So, uh, Andrew, um, obviously the uh, theology of the body, which is uh, based on the... um, uh, general audiences of uh, Pope St. John Paul II during the early part of his uh, pontificate, um, obviously contained lots and lots and lots of beautiful materials and quotes, right? But perhaps, would you like to share with us uh, one or two so of these quotes from the, uh, this very rich teaching that really struck you and uh, uh, really perhaps even inspired you?
1: Okay, my, one of my key quotes, my favorite quote, is the, the words that Jesus used at the Last Supper. This is my body... Which will be given up for you now he said those words in the context of the last supper in, 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 with the 12 apostles he said behold the lamb of god behold him, takes away the sins of the world happy are those called to the supper of the lamb okay but what is missing here is, happy are those called to the wedding supper of the lamb it's actually a wedding supper so every mass is a representation of the last supper in a way so at, the, at the, those words, it's like the, a, a promise given, a vow is made. I will, this is my body which will be given up for you. And on the next day, on Good Friday at 3 p.m., Christ is on the cross on Calvary. Now, he is saying the same things, but not with words, not with his mouth, but with the language of the body. Whenever you see Christ on the cross, a corpus on the cross, he is saying, this is my body given up for you. Now, that, um, that, that is an act of uh, consummation of his wedding to his bride. It's are the characteristics of conjugal love. Now, in that moment of Christ on the cross, these four characteristics are, are unfleshed. flesh. <clears throat> free, Jesus laid down his life freely for us. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't forced. A free act. Free. A total gift of his life, of his totals of himself, unto death. The free and total gift. It's faithful. He says, I'll be with you to the end of time. He will not forsake us. And it's fruitful. Because of his death, we have our redemption. So it's a free, total, faithful, fruitful act. Now, using this, comparing this to the wedding vows that the couple exchanged before the minister, they'll be asked, have you come here freely to, to take this so-and-so to be your lawfully wedded husband or wife. Now, here has to be a free act of gift coming to the wedding, coming to the exchange of vows. If it's, if it's uh, under force or under fear, then it's invalid. It has to be a free act. Do you take this person without reservation, that means totally to be your spouse. Again, a free act. 24-7 giving of and taking of each other as spouses. Total, without reservation. Will you be faithful in good times and in bad sickness and in health? Ritual corporal, to death do you part. Unconditional faithfulness. Unconditional love. Is faithful. And will you welcome children? It's a fruitful act. Free, total, faithful, fruitful. So for this uh, same characteristics, it is now also a conjugal, it is a conjugal act like Christ on the Calvary. And and when the couples consummate the marriage, this is where the words of the wedding vows become flesh. And now the husband is saying to the wife, this is my body given up for you with the language of the body, not with words. And the wife is saying, this is my body given up for you. Again, uh, not with words, but in her bodily action in receiving the man into her, she is giving herself back spiritually. So the mutual self-giving of husband and wife is um, consummated. And that's why this, this great analogy of uh, St. Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, the one flesh union, is a great mystery. It refers to Christ and his church. Christ the bridegroom and the church is bride. That to me is the core, the heart of theology the body. Sexuality and spirituality are aligned. you know. And when uh, we can see that. Then, we you know, that's why we have a sexual body. That's why we have bodies which are sexual. And, and a call to union, a call to communion. And all this uh, programming in our brains, our sexual brains, uh, our sexual impulses, our eros, the libido, you know, uh, and all the sexual thoughts that is in us till we die, is because uh, the call to communion between the opposite sex is, a, is so that uh, we can, so that we are called to marriage, which is a reference point to the communion of Christ and His Church, and when Christ and His Church consummate, it's a communion of living in that uh, Trinitarian life. So I mean, it, we, it, through this course of uh, through human desire, through, through sexual desire, through a communion, to consummation, through marriage, and to Christ and His Church, and then ultimately the communion with the Holy Trinity, uh, where we will be living with our lover, we really the Church, living with our God, heavenly Father forever and ever in heaven. Yeah. That, I mean, beautiful. that's the whole yeah. game plan.
0: It's, it's so beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. I I think that for myself, I never realized how uh, beautiful it was until I really uh, got to um, uh, study it and also to uh, really reflect on the meaning of conjugal intercourse, that it was really a renewal of our wedding vows in and through the flesh, in and through our bodies, right? It was to, to really give ourselves totally to each other freely, totally, faithfully, and fruitfully. It was something which... Really struck me a lot more um, uh, through this uh, um, learning of the TOB, yeah. Yes. And also, then I think um, the other thing that also uh, struck me was uh, uh, Pope St. John Paul's um, a constant reference to the gift, right? That uh, he always referred to, often referred to, God's first, uh, where we are told that uh, man can only find himself through the sincere yeah. gift of self. And I, it was something which. Um, Really struck me over over the years as as uh, we lived out our marriage. And we found that it was really, we, we found so much more meaning, so much more joy when we actually um, made a gift of ourselves to the other and also subsequently to our kids and now grandkids, you know, um, rather than to see how we can use the other for our own yeah. uh, gratification or for our own use in, in other ways, you know. So I think it was uh, something which really struck me a lot and uh, something which really um, touched. Um, uh, my heart, uh, ex- uh, extremely, uh, in during the time when I was uh, learning this, a uh, uh, very beautiful teaching.
1: Yes, and, and um, I think, uh, I mean, no, I think I know Saint John Paul II coined the phrase "the spousal meaning of the body." Uh, it, it's where the body becomes a total gift, and it, by means of that gift of the, you know, uh, by means of the body being that gift, you fulfill the very meaning and being of our existence when we are gifts. So I always bring up the example, a chair is meant to be sat on. And if I sit on a chair, the chair is fulfilled because it fulfilled its purpose. You know, the the creator, the designer of the chair made it to be sat on. And so when someone sits on it, it's fulfilled, it's happy. So we we are made to be gifts to one another and to spouses or if you are celibate, then you are a gift to the kingdom of heaven, to the kingdom of God. Celibacy for the sake of the kingdom. We have to be given in one form or other, whether to a spouse or another, or, or to another or to the kingdom of heaven or in serving uh, the community, in serving society, in charitable works, in volunteering yourself in, in many ways. Uh, mm-hmm. We just have to go out and do this to give ourselves and then we can find fulfillment, joy, happiness, meaning, purpose, you know. We may not be happy doing the, the hardship. There may be a hardship in in pursuing that being the gift, but
0: we it's are not. Promised. Maybe it just will be. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, yes. I can imagine uh, you know uh, spouses working very hard uh, to support the family, bring up the children, paying for their education, the tuition, the clothes, the mortgage, and uh, and working long hours, double, triple jobs, and all that. Uh, but there is a set inner satisfaction that they have doing something because they're giving themselves out of love for their family, for their loved ones. And it's all worth it.
0: It's, yeah.
1: it's, it's hardship, but it's still worth it. It's meaningful, purposeful, and it's divine. You know? And fulfilling,
0: worth- right? And it really fulfills our meaning in life. Yeah.
1: Yes, and, and then we look at the cross, Christ. Where he totally gives himself fully. And what is the reward for that? Resurrection. Okay, uh, And that's where the, the, the Christian message becomes very beautiful because the resurrection is not something we have to wait for for at the end of time, the eschaton, the end of the world, before we can resurrect. In a sense, we, through the redemption of our body, uh, today, right now, here and now, can experience resurrection in a certain way. As we live the life, the passion, and the death, and resurrection of Christ within us in our own lives. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, we commemorate at every Holy Mass, you know, mm-hmm. about the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord. Yeah. three in one uh, so we, we get into our blood three in one we 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 go through suffering yes blessed suffering blessed be pain and you know, glorified pain because that is the crown of suffering that brings us to the crown of glory and we can and the crown of glory doesn't only come at the end of time we can experience it today yes yeah. as and yeah. as when we live according to the spirit as and when we live in a state of grace as and when we live in a deep interior life and we can experience the movements of the spirit within you. Mm. And uh, as we are slowly being uh, made, uh, made into new creatures, made anew, uh, being renewed. Uh, yes, uh, the Christian journey begins with the eternal life, which starts on this side of the, of our life. Not only when we you know when we die, we wait for the resurrection, and that is great Christian hope. You know, to me, it gives
0: life hope. Uh, And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think that uh, you brought up a very important point just now that um, this uh, gifts of self to another does not just happen in the spousal union of a husband and wife, but also in whichever state of life you are in, right? Whether it's uh, uh, singles or consecrated celibates, priests, and and so uh, religious, and so on. And, And right now, I can just think of the wonderful sisters of Mother Teresa who. Uh, missionaries of charity who actually just give the total gift of themselves in serving the poorest of the poor and so on, yeah. And and uh, how uh, there are so many singles whom I see who who are really uh, giving their entire lives uh, to serving others in in their quest to build the kingdom of God on earth. You know, and I think these people, people are the ones uh, who, who come to my mind as we uh, talk about being gift. And it's just that the reason why we use our our spousal union uh, as an example is. This, In in a way, it is the best human example we can have to give us an idea of what the Trinitarian love uh, is like.
1: And and spousal love uh, is also uh, present in a single life. Uh, That is where we say uh, even celibacy is a vocation of living out uh, the spousal meaning of your body. And and, uh, this is where we see that there there are many singles uh, not all of them become. Uh, I mean, singles are supposed to live in a, in their chaste state. It mean, to live a celibate state, but not all. Uh, uh, not all of them become consecrated celibate. They don't become priests and uh, become uh, we call religious and monks and not taking consecrated vows. Some of them are in the world, uh, in the secular world, serving uh, society. It can be serving loved ones. You can looking looking after the elderly uh, parents, you know, and uh, they they are. They are in a celibate state, and some of them, unfortunately, because of uh, the breakdown of their marriage, uh, and they're called to live celibacy. And also, there is also uh, a celibate state, and some of them have spouses who are, uh, I mean, who deserted them. What about those who are diseased or, or incapacitated or comatose or paraplegic, and you kind of have uh, mm-hmm. sexual union with them? Well, you're called to live celibacy. And you are serving them. It's still a gift of the body, a gift of the self, a total self donation. So they are still living out spousal meaning the body.
0: So yeah, they're, uh, still, it, they're uh, still living out chastity, whichever yes. state they're in and whichever chastity, situation you find Whatever state in.
1: you are in is common. All, everybody's called to chastity. Yes. But the way you live out that, that uh, state, you know, it's, it, it's different for the married and for the singles. But, uh, but the point I want to make is that single people are also called to live the spousal meaning the body through a total gift of themselves in service to others for the sake of the kingdom of heaven.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've given so many talks over the years. Uh, I'm sure you've uh, had a lot of questions from uh, your listeners and uh, the audience and so on, right? Um, What do you think are the biggest challenges that uh, many people face today, especially for the young people, you know, today? You know, I I think uh, a lot of um, issues we can't possibly think of, uh, things like um, pornography and... uh, Perhaps even dating, or even in, in those who are married. Um, what do you think are the biggest challenges for them today, and how I, do you think T.O.B. can really um, be an effective response?
1: I, I, uh, Pope Saint John Paul II, uh, besides introducing phenomenology uh, into catechetics, you know, yeah, also introduced his personal philosophy, personaliz- personalism. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, people are persons when, who can only be loved, never used. And this is to me, is uh, the, the, the litmus test. Are we using others? Because if we are, then it is wrong. It's always wrong to use others. And if you see the, the, the category of pornography as uh, using uh, fornication and adultery and prostitution and all these sexual perversions are, are using of the other. even Even the Sexual sins like self-abuse, masturbation, is also a, a using of the self, the own body, but because it's a wrong using, we call it self-abuse. You know, and then you, you see that uh, it's just a wrong using, uh, and it shouldn't be used. You shouldn't even use yourself. In other words, that's also wrong. And because uh, of our of of our human dignity, we are never meant to be used. God made us for our own sake, uh, you know, so that. Uh, we can be fulfilled. And it's never fulfilling when we are being used or we use ourselves or use others. It's never fulfilling for the other and you are the one causing the, the abuse of the other. So, if if the, uh, a simple way to, to have correct morality or sexual morality is to ask, is this uh, an action of abuse, a, uh, a use, a using of the other? You know, uh, what is this sexual act that you are doing? You know, uh, is it using uh, gratifying yourself for the, by using the other, or, mm. or are you giving yourself for the love of the for the betterment of the other for the sake? And it's and it's very clear that you know it's always a using of the other and this utilitarian uh, attitude, this using of other people, uh, you can almost say it's a very uh, it strikes at the very dignity of of a human person and it's also, the ground on, of all mortal sin, all sins, in fact, you know, using of another, manipulating, using. You know. So, if the people, uh, in general, or the young, uh, can can see this distinction between loving and using, and then they can see that uh, if I just bring my uh, girlfriend for a one night stand, or she, I know, she's and then you are just basically saying, "You are my girlfriend, my beloved, until so I find the next girlfriend and then then, then the people become like used uh, uh what do you call uh we 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 toss them out with the rubbish when we find a new one you know so that that is something not meant to be human' it's inhuman you know to be to be used by someone and then we tossed out and go there's a new model or, or because you have finished your, your usefulness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think that uh, basically uh, it is true that all of us in the deepest uh, depths of our hearts yearn to love and to be loved, right? Yeah. And, and that's the thing that is imprinted upon us because we were made in the image of God who is love, right? So yeah. I, I think it's, this is something that is so uh, invoked in us that nothing else can satisfy until and unless we can truly. Love as God loves.
1: Yes,
0: yes, yeah. So I, I think this uh, thing about uh, the attitude towards another person of uh, 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 of rather objectifying that person, we should really instead um, really see the image of God in that person, and to see how we can be, be give to another person, and to love that person as God would love in that particular yeah. situation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that- In fact, you use the correct word right? when we treat others as objects, we should always treat uh,
1: because we we use things, we love people. Yeah. But when we start loving things and use people, that that's where the sin of our immoral life starts coming in. we treat people as objects, because we treat people as things, and things are meant to be used, you know. Yeah. But uh, we we uh, that's the imbalance there. You know the yeah. the wrongness of it.
0: Sure. So before we end off, uh, Andrew, can I just uh, perhaps uh, ask if you'd like to have any um, parting remark for our Catholic parents? on the beauty of the theology of the body and how it can, in a way, form the basis for um, Catholic parenting, something uh, form the basis in which we can actually um, pass on the faith to our children?
1: Well, that's a very important question, a very good one. And they say uh, love begins at home and I suppose catechetics and catechism and learning the faith also begins at home. And, and And we all know that the parents are the first educators, and they should make use of every means available, uh, every instrument and every form of knowledge, and including this theology of the body of, of understanding that's uh, not a total you know, uh, it's not just sexual ethics sexuality affects our whole personality, how we see people and things and life in general, how we live our life. And this formation of a correct uh, sexuality in the children is is so fundamental, so important. It can never be overstressed. So uh, the values is really so important. And and, uh, besides teaching them uh, by examples, by their lifestyle, by the love shared between the spouses, yeah. they should also be the be willing to read and learn uh, all these uh, matters in, in in their life, That in in any training course that is available, in any training materials that are available, and I believe there are quite a few now. Yeah, uh, that. That we cannot say. Oh, there's no material for you to learn about theology, body, how to teach your children. You no, know, there are such, such things in the ma- in in the internet now. You know. Like this podcast as well, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. just yes. just hopefully then, because through one podcast they're gonna le- they're not gonna learn everything, you know. Yeah, but at least uh they should be made aware that there are materials available. Lots of uh, materials out there. Lots of mater- Yes, that how the parents uh can look it up. Uh, and, and draw and learn, and take up a course, and get the materials, and start learning it because it's it's really a formation of the gospel and and of the whole Christian message.
0: Yeah, you yeah, absolutely right. I think I I, I cannot um, disagree with you on this at all. Um, really, parents, uh, for us Catholic parents, we really need to be um, the formators of our children. We are the primary educators of our children, and we need to do that by word and example. Right, and it is when we can really live out our calling to love as God loves and our children <laughs> see it, that they'll be attracted to it, to the beauty of uh, loving as God loves and to the beauty of God himself, the absolute beauty himself, right? That uh, they'll be drawn to to this. And then it is from there that we'll then be able to uh, continue to form them um, from example and, and by word as well, right? So yeah. the formation is just so important. And yes, I I'll fully agree with you on that too. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. I think it's been a wonderful experience uh, having this um, uh, session with you, and uh, thank you very much for continuing to promote the theology of the body in so many ways.
1: And thank you, John, for your uh, great work, also, and your team. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, you know, we will do more of this. <laughs> thank
0: okay. you very much. Yeah, so we'll um, uh, offer ourselves uh, all our work to, to our Lord, and we really uh, continue to uh, pray for each other that uh, your work will be uh, fruitful uh, in its own way, as the Lord would have it, as we continue to evangelize through the theology of the body. Yes. Yeah. Thank, you. thank you very much, Andrew. Take care then.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Okay. Well, thank you everyone for uh, listening in and uh, we hope you've, uh, we trust you've had a fruitful session here listening to Mr. Andrew Kong. And uh, we certainly look forward to seeing you again next time. And uh, till then, take care and may God bless you and your family always. Goodbye.